0: Baker Mayfield undraftable off my board The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield What a beautiful
1: throw by the Baker Victor Hasta la vista
0: baby touchdown!
2: All right, welcome in to tonight's Game well, we're turning this into like game night preview here. It's your game day, game night. Whenever you listen to this ordeal, it is the host of OBR Film Breakdown, Jake Burns, here with the host of All Eyes on Cleveland's Brad Ward. Uh, Brad, how are you tonight, man?
3: What's happening, Jake? I'm fired up. I'm ready uh, for Sunday full of football, especially the uh, four o'clock window.
2: It's gonna be a weird. It's gonna be a weird game. I've settled on that. Let's let's talk about the weirdness. I'll throw out a couple things as we always do here to remind you it is like Brad said a 405 kick on fox so it's not a cbs game it is a fox game because you're crossing over and it seems like whenever there's a crossover the browns are going to get fox it's weird but anyway they're going with kevin kugler <laughs> your uh, your favorite mark sanchez and uh, laura oakman will be the sideline reporter for the game up in Cleveland, the weather looks weird, Brad. It is going to be low yes. 60s, but it does look like 20-plus mile-per-hour wind gusts are going to play a factor. We're hoping to avoid those wind gusts until later in the season, but that will be a thing. It will be a, a big part of it. I'll ask you this. You know, Baker's pretty experienced now with the wind gusts that have happened over the last few years in Cleveland. He's uh, he's accustomed to it. Kyler is never – I would imagine Kyler has never stepped foot in Cleveland and no. into first energy – stadium with these kind of weird wind gusts that come through the uh through the cracks in the stadium, right? Through the through the different angles it can come through. I would I would just say that it feels like that could be an advantage Cleveland, right?
3: Yeah, you know, this this game, you know, when they play four o'clock games, it's it's gonna be, you know, what, sixty degrees at at the warmest tomorrow probably. Mm -hmm. Um it's a fall day and it's one of those games, Jake, that's gonna start in the light and end in the dark and it's going to be windy, and I love that. I love that fall atmosphere, the 4 o'clock game. I I, I think it would be uh, definitely to the Browns' favor.
2: Should be. We'll see how Kyler, who they should. I mean, based on how they typically play, their personnel usage, they're going to throw it a lot. We'll see if they throw it short instead of pushing it vertically. That would be uh, to the favorite of Cleveland, I would imagine. Uh, But there's a lot of moving parts here, Brad. Uh, We should talk. We should talk about the moving parts. So we heard early in the week Chandler Jones was out. Rodney Hudson was out. You feel pretty good. You know, we understand that the Browns injury list is pretty lengthy, but we hadn't heard anybody was out. And then, boom, all of a sudden Nick Chubb is out. Kind of unexpected. I think most people, myself included, just thought, okay, he played all the way through the final series in the game. He had like three snaps on that final series. He just probably needs some rest. I mean, there's a lot of guys with multiple listings on the – on the injury report, I thought he just needed rest, but something happened to that calf. How, uh, I mean, again, my big thing is concern, panic. I don't think we're panicked here, but how high is your concern for not having
3: him in this one? Uh, not so much, just because Kareem Hunt has been playing so well. Uh, I think that he could really have a monster game. Do you? How much do you think they use Dearness Johnson? I mean, like, I can't imagine that they try to keep a, you know, may make obviously going to give him some carries, but it's not going to be a normal split. You think Kareem gets the majority of the touches here, right?
2: I would have to think so. He might get eight to 10 depending on game feel, right? If they're leading, uh, I would imagine he steps into a reduced role that Kareem had minus you want, you want Kareem on the field, obviously for those passing situations where normally if he was in his normal role, he would come onto the field for Nick, but he's staying on the field. They could say, okay, if we need to go eleven personnel and throw, maybe it's the two minute. But Kareem needs a break. They could go Felton there. I don't know. I yes. mean, Dearnest is a good. He's a good runner, but he's more of a runner, in my opinion, from the gun than any. Or sorry, from under center than anything else. So yeah. I don't see a multi-faceted approach to them. But he did have some nice catches in the preseason, Brad. He did have a couple nice screen catches that he ended up making some nice gains out of. It's a nice opportunity for him. What is he in year three now in in Cleveland? So. He he definitely knows the, the NFL skill level. He he knows the offense well, having been around the offense for two years. He made some nice runs in that Dallas game. He had the game-clinching run in the Colts game last year. So he's been around, and he's he's capable. I mean, he's, he's probably like a lot of backups in most situations in the NFL. So he's capable. I think he could get anywhere from 6 to 12 touches. Wouldn't surprise me. Does that sound right to you?
3: Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, you know, I just think, you know, I would. I don't want to downplay the significance of Nick Chubb because obviously he's fabulous, but just Kareem Hunt has been better than he's been any other year. I think with the Browns mm-hmm. so far this year, he's just been fantastic up to this point. So, uh, I mean, running game all around has just been next level. So, uh, I just want to you know, I think he could have a monster day.
2: I yeah, he'll probably. have he'll have more opportunity than ever, and th- with the wind gusts, they'll they'll try to run. There's no doubt about that. They're to go through the list of Cardinals people missing this game, one of them is Zach Allen, who's a nice interior piece for them. Does a good job, so they'll they'll be who they are. I don't expect Kevin Stefanski to throw what he normally is out the window just because just because they're down. Nick, they they put up some points in games last year. Nick missed. There was a couple they didn't because the weather the weather was pretty atrocious. If I recall, the Raiders game was pretty atrocious weather wise, and then um, I'm probably forgetting one other. The Texans Eagles. game he was he was not Eagles. in the. He, no, he played. Yeah, those games were bad. I'm trying to think of games he didn't play. Oh, in, but okay. The weather yeah, was I was bad. thinking the Raiders
3: win games.
2: The Raiders game was pretty terrible. Wind up there, and then I'm probably forgetting one that people will check me on. But uh, yeah, he missed a couple of those, and they still put up points. I mean, I don't know. It, you got to get this game. <laughs> you're going to talk about it in a minute, but it, it probably ties into how well Baker plays. He's got to come out and play pretty well in this. He cannot put up the type of performance he has. Uh, over the last three or four weeks and expect to to, to be okay, right? They could end up being fine, run the ball fine, and and ice things away, but you would hope that this is a game where Baker can
3: find a rhythm, find himself, and be more of the reason they win, right? Yeah, I would think you're going to have to. I mean, you know, Arizona's defense – you know, they are uh, creative, obviously, you know, you, I watched a lot of last week's game against the 49ers just to kind of try to get a feel for them, but, you know, they they like to bring a lot of people up to the line of scrimmage, you know, six guys, some guys standing up, you know, they like to move around a lot up there and, and then drop guys into zone, you Need know, a little fire zone blitz stuff up there, but they, they like to show a lot of guys up at the line of scrimmage, and I'm sure, I'm certain... With If their corners are healthy, I'm sure they've got to be thinking, stop the run and make Baker beat us. I mean, that's just common sense, I would think, at this point.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Yeah, I made note of it in a couple of my previews that they even went to a 6-2 last week. They were playing only three defensive backs, three, oh, wow. or, uh, two corners and one safety, and, and, and daring San Francisco with Trey Lance and his early career start to beat them. I think they could do some of that this week, too, Someone, as a means yeah. to uh, to challenge Baker and challenge the the group of receivers to beat us. And I think that's not the worst way to go based on how well the Browns have been running it. The only team in NFL history's first five games have been a plus EPA rush statistic. So they're putting up expected points added in the rush game like few others have. Most teams figure it out later in the year. I think since 2001, there have been 25 instances where teams strung five together, but not at the beginning of a season. So unique in that sense, how well they have done to start. Incredible. Uh, to 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 some of the gambling stuff we like to talk about here, real quick, we hit on it. The Browns have settled in at a three and a half point favorite, so they're giving those three and a half points, which feels right. It moved a little bit, uh, and the, and the line went down a little bit to forty eight and a half. And here's the obvious reason why, and and the big plot of this game. We know it was funny. I did my Friday podcast right after that, and Brad Nick is ruled out, so I couldn't <laughs> get that one of on course, Thursday night. So yeah, yeah, didn't have Nick's analysis in there then. Uh, did one last night and uh, of course an hour after that the big news drops which is that Kyler uh, sorry not Kyler I mean he's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder which plays into all of this stuff but Cliff Kingsbury's rolled out of the game quarterbacks coach Cam Turner which is it's pretty amazing to me Brad that those two couldn't have passed it to Kyler it's kind of strange Uh, those two are the coaches that spend the most time around him Uh, Zach Allen also ruled out of this game. So it looks like D.C., Vance Joseph, special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers are going to sort of split the uh, duties. Chandler Jones. Go ahead. Yeah,
3: what's up with that? What's up with the split? Uh, I mean, don't you want one guy having an executive decision over – I don't know. I I, would have thought so too, but they're doing a similar thing on offense, which
2: is even more strange. I will say – According to some places, Chandler Jones tested positive earlier in the week. I haven't heard he's been cleared. Did you hear he's been cleared or not? I heard he was out. Yeah, I heard he was out, too. But this recent CBS coverage says that he was uh, uh, tested positive earlier this week, but is, is uncertain. I don't know. I, I don't think yeah. he's going to be a part of this whole thing. But uh, I, I guess we could be in for a Sunday morning shocker. But as we sit here and record on Saturday night, I think he's out which hurts their defense because he is one of the guys they like to be their only stand-up edge rusher. I mean, they're a 3-4 by nature, but they like to get creative and and use him as their only sort of edge rusher. True uh, turn-the-corner type edge rusher. So that's a big hit, as we all knew. We knew that one early in the week, but this recent stuff is big. And uh, as far as I know of recent, Albert Breer had uh, updated some of the information about how they're going to structure the offense. Cliff is virtually able to meet with them tonight. But this is what they're going to do. Sean Kugler's is uh, the run game coordinator and offensive line coach. And let me tell you, those guys, O-line coaches, do not get much involved in the pass concept. So people were okay. like, he's going to be the OC. I'm like, okay, I don't really know how that's going to work because I just know that the O-line guys don't don't worry themselves much about it. They worry about what their O-line guys do and how the run game can structure adjustments and so on. So what Breer says they're going to be a group effort in pass game with a uh, young assistants, getting a majority of the opportunities to call those pass plays. Jeff Rogers will chant handle the on-field challenges and game management. Hmm. It seems like a mess. Cause like Vance Joseph has the NFL success. Like right. he's not success. I mean, he failed out of Denver, but like, you know, he's Big been experience. around. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, been he around experience. as a head coach. It's weird to not have him outright named as the head coach for the game and then figuring out the offense. So, Listen, man, it's just, bunch of, it's just a bunch of moving parts, and I, it, it, there's it's this it can be an absolute disaster where they, they're clearly not on the same page all day and they don't put up any points, or they will, and they'll be the media darling for the next week, Brad. That's just kind of the way this whole <laughs> thing can go. Where, where are yeah. you at on it? How confident do you feel about the disarray the Cardinals are in? And, uh, you know, listen, they don't have anybody with play-calling experience, so if they figure it out, like, major kudos to them. I'm sure Cliff will try to you know, sort of uh, script as much as he possibly can script for them. But, you know, this is completely different than the Browns. Alex Van Pelt, although he only had minimal play calling experience from his Buffalo days, he's been around forever. And Kevin Stefanski was really, really, really considering AVP to even call the plays. And he, he's got experience in the preseason leading up to, like, like he's an actual named OC. They don't have a named OC because they don't have anyone that could do it. Otherwise, right. Cliff would name an OC. He just has a run game coordinator and he handles all of it. So Cleveland although it was the worst timing you could possibly imagine last year still had people capable and had experience doing it even Callahan is experienced as an OC so this is way different way different to me and like if they c- overcome it and put up a bunch of points it'll just be because their guys
3: made some one on one plays in my opinion yeah i i mean it would make sense to me you know the way you're describing you know not really anybody there to captain this that you know, Clifford may lean on, I would say lean on Kyler, you know. I mean, give him, put him in a position to make a lot of the decisions on the field, right? You know, give him a couple calls, give him some freedom, give him some hurry up stuff. Let him make a lot of the calls on on the go, I would think, more than, uh, you know, after your scripted plays, he's going to have the best feel for the game. And I would put a lot on his shoulders, probably.
2: Yeah, I would too. I would think I even tweeted out last night that, Uh, they're second in, in uh, no huddle snaps in the entire league. So like they could certainly say, we're just going to tempo and Kyler can just call it by feel. And I don't know if they're there yet. This is only Kyler's what third year now, maybe they're there yet. Maybe they're not. We'll figure out quite quickly how well Arizona is tied into what they do. I mean, not that assistant coaches, position coaches can't handle this stuff. You know, these guys, fully dive into the scheme they know what they're doing but it is different to sequence plays and get the calls in the correct way and the collaboration stuff and how you're all working on the headset there's a lot of things there and it can just take one or two things going wrong to miscommunicate a play or whatever so um i don't know it'll be interesting to pay attention to if they go a lot of up huddle or sorry no huddle it would not at all surprise me just as a means to eliminate the Browns gaining advantages by getting together in a huddle and maybe making some blitz calls. If you want to keep that stuff at bay, then you probably would try to do that to eliminate the Browns level of communication. It could be anything. That's the only thing that works against you here is you have now no tendencies. You have some early in the game uh, from what they do, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of the gates quick and try to hit a trick play, uh, scheme up a trick play or two to try to get some cheap points on the board. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by any of it. It's all on the table for them this week. It's a weird, it's the weirdest situation. I know that the the Saints dealt with something weird like that at the beginning of the season. uh, And and, and I know that obviously what Cleveland dealt with, but this is a strange one, particularly because of how their coaching structure works. So uh, yeah, we've covered it. Hopefully nothing else weird happens between now and the start of the game, Brad.
3: Yeah, you think though too, Jake. If they elect to go up pace like that, and they do lean on Kyler, you know that does take away from a lot that they that they could do. You know, as you're saying, you know, wrinkles and mm-hmm. pl- plays off of place. A lot of their use of more in the past couple of weeks. You know, uh, on the jet sweeps and and things that he's been very good at. I mean, that probably eliminates a lot of that from your game if you're in, in just going to let Kyler call it in a in a hurry up. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's well, they don't motion much anyway, which helps them a little bit. So they won't yeah. have too long of play calls. I think they're 29th in motion percentage. So they don't do yeah. much of that. They're used to using four wide receivers. They lead the NFL in 10 personnel usage. So if they want to just get those four wideouts, one back on the field and go and just like try to backyard football it, I could see it. I could see it because, like I said, this is a unique for situation sure. unlike anything we've seen. So the Browns will need to be prepared for any mixture of outcomes in this thing. It'll be. It'll be so strange. It'll be something to pay attention to. And of note, the Cardinals had a good defensive week last week, but they stopped San Francisco four times on fourth down. So uh, that ties into how does Cleveland play on fourth down this week? That will be a key to victory. Let's get to your keys of victory here, Brad. What are your three? And then we'll close on that.
3: Well, I'll start by saying I've been saying all week on all the shows and appearances I did this week, Jake, this is the justice game. It just feels like a justice game for the Browns that – You know, the uh, Cardinals should have lost like twice and the Browns should have won twice. This is where the Browns deliver justice and even the scales of (laughs) of justice and make everything okay uh, and right and right all those wrongs kind of in my eyes. But yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, You know, my first key, and I said I got a little specific with this, but this was one last week, but I even think it's more important this week and it's not a knock on Baker, but I think that the Browns have to get out to a fast start. Again, I don't think that from what we have seen in the past couple weeks that Baker is in a place, whether due to his shoulder and some of the poor vision that we've seen, that he's in a place to really kind of rally the Browns back with his right arm. Now, a couple weeks later in the season when he's feeling healthy and maybe he gets into that groove again, like we saw last year where he's playing really well, that could be a different story. But this doesn't seem to be the week where you want to fall behind and put a lot on his shoulders. So I think a fast start, once again, it was one of my keys last week, but I think it's absolutely huge this week, too. It
2: it would help. It would help because you want to make the Cardinals who enter the game feeling uncomfortable stay uncomfortable and playing catch-up in nasty, windy weather is a situation where you could help your defensive line do what they do best and tee off and get after the quarterback and try to make everything feel condensed on top of kyler that would be a big thing so i'm with you Uh, i i certainly don't want to put the game on baker's shoulders because of where he's at right now but also he's got to get out of that funk at some point if he's going the places that he wants to go and this team wants to go he's got to figure it out so uh, yeah hopefully they can they can do a little bit of both right get out in front but maybe Baker's the reason they get out in front that would be really great to see that sort of deal there what's
3: your key number two all right number two obviously how do you contain Kyler Murray and you know so you, i watched I told you I was watching a lot of that 49ers game because they did a pretty good job with him um and you know some very pretty much same scheme a lot of the same concepts and and stuff like that you know that you know like Cardinals are gonna try to stress the The safeties that played poorly last week for the for the browns they're going to do a lot of that but as far as containing kyler you know i think you have to be careful with miles in his speed rush stuff sometimes they just run right past you know how how often have we seen miles and those guys speed rush from the outside and run right past these quarterbacks and open up lanes i think if you concentrate they've been doing such a good job jake playing those interior games off of each other if you kind of structure those towards pressure up the middle and i think i would i think jok can play a big factor here i think you do have to bring pressure at certain times with him but i think if you use jok with like delayed pressure because mm-hmm. uh, kyler always it, it's often him not as you know he escapes the first pressure and then makes the play downfield so yeah. maybe you know Having him around the line of scrimmage, you know, covering it back out of the backfield, but give him the freedom to, you know, shoot that secondary pressure, I think would be really important or even structure it that way uh, so that he can come on on a a delayed blitz uh, will slow his ability to he hasn't killed people with the run a lot. He has had some really backbreaking runs. Mm -hmm. at at, at opportune times uh like last week i think he had a third and 16 he scampered for 18 and got a first down like those are killer right yeah yeah. but i i think that i think if you use jok in that manner and focus on pressure up the middle and not so much speed on the outside i think that would be really important to containing him
2: yeah have a pass rush plan whatever your plan is don't just send two people high side and expect your d tackles to uh yeah, to clean up a guy who that. can run like kyler they're not you're you made a great point brad they're not designed running him much they're really not they have i think he's only run like 30 times for 100 yards this year he's not running a ton uh yeah. and that means that they've taken him out of like they, that's a difference between him and lamar he doesn't run to set up his pass like he uses his legs to sort of tee up extended opportunities they use lamar as a runner he's a part of their featured run game in baltimore he is not a featured runner here he is a thrower and he's been throwing well he's a 75 percent. he's had those backbreaking runs here and there he's also had backbreaking scramble drill plays where he's made out of structure ridiculousness happen so you're yes. right they cannot let him uh just escape pressure to throw downfield. you know extend a play that was a that was a 2.5 time to throw and turns it into a 3.5 or 4 because he scrambles and makes it makes somebody miss and gets out in space some of that will happen because he's just too special but how do you How do you limit those five or six plays, right? How do you make plays downfield? Can't have busted coverages like last week. And you're right. The thing that struck me yesterday, I was talking to John Colosimo on my pod, and he noted that Joe Woods was asked about drafting JOK for these types of quarterbacks, and he immediately said yes. Like, this is is a huge thing, right? Like, him and Grant Delpit, who he also mentioned, are guys that they're trying to use to help in these situations because – they're special. They're twitchy. They're just like him as a runner. So hopefully they do some things to get Kyler and JOK into the same area and he can sort of box them in. You're right. They could delay him. They could spy him. I don't love spying a guy like Kyler who loves to throw that much just because of the the, the taking a guy out of coverage out of
3: coverage. Yeah.
2: But I do like green dogging them. I do like, Hey man, my man stayed in here. I can get after the quarterback a little bit. Now uh, I, I don't mind having aggressive zone eyes where if you're in curl flat and you feel him come your way, you're an instant trigger up to play the quarterback. So look for some of that stuff. They should get creative though. They definitely should get creative because Kyler is a, a unicorn in this regard. He is different in that he, uh, he uses a gift that he has, but he uses the gift to, to pass it off to his arm. So Uh, he's not like lamar in that sense they're a little different he's he's uh he's he's extend plays to throw not extend plays to run unless he absolutely has to so yeah great second point there brad what's your last one
3: all right last one is you know i i don't want i don't want to bring up this topic i've talked about it way too much all all week long but i'm not bringing up the topic for this reason that you would think but maybe because I just think it's the easiest way to go about it for the Browns, is they're going to need somebody to show up big in the pass game. Last week it was Njoku, and they're going to need a big day from somebody. Why not it let it be Odell Beckham Jr.? And I think what you can do, and probably the smartest thing that they can do, and one thing I kind of noticed in watching some of the Cardinals is They're not real disciplined in in their gap integrity. They're not real disciplined on the edge. You can kind of attack the edge on them. You know, the 49ers did it a lot. Why not get Odell some touches on a jet sweep, on a reverse, and then maybe on, like, a wide receiver screen all in the first quarter or all in the first beginning of the game? And even if he doesn't turn that into a huge day, you've made them recognize him as the threat that he is and pay yeah. attention to him so now the obj factor is real and once again like we saw last week where higgins walks in with a touchdown because everybody goes to obj right that factor is a part of the pass game and that just helps baker and just helps everybody else but even better result is he takes that early involvement and they unlock something and turn and turns into a big day because um, somebody's going to need to step up no jarvis back this week why not It let it be obj and they really haven't made that concerted effort to get him involved early like i think they could have up to this point why not do it this
2: week he's been open he's been open at a really high rate and he's he's had opportunities uh, some haven't been thrown some have been thrown inaccurately some a drop one drop has happened uh at a, at a really tough time so i you, you're right finding some way to help rhythm obj maybe it helps simultaneously rhythm baker maybe they can bust a play or two out of it if we go another week here brad where we only see odell get three targets and two catches it's going to be like what on earth is going on how can you not find a play a play or two to get these guys going so i'm not doing it either i'm not meandering down that path because it's a no win for everybody involved but if it continues and you see a low target share going his direction and you see uh, you know only 20 ish to 30 ish yards you're gonna have to start saying what 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 is it worth what why why is what what is going on because i don't notice the offense any different right now i just don't and i and that's you can people can say whatever they want to say but there's games of evidence both ways a lot of them now so let's yeah. figure it out too talented gotta figure it out this was great yeah. brad you're the man i appreciate this who do you think wins this game
3: give me your prediction. I actually think the Browns win. I think there's a lot of favors in their in their direction. I you know, I think a lot of people are gonna look at Chubb as more of a loss than it really is, not taking away from how special he is, but I just think Kareem shows up big. Uh, you know, we've heard some quotes from some people behind the scenes talking about how fired up he is for this one. I know he was a little dinged early, but it feels like a lot of precaution with the short week coming up this week on that super long injury list. I think a lot of those guys plays. I think Greg Newsome's back. Uh, So, you know, I think the Browns' defense will look better. I think they sure up those connections, you know, the communication issues from last week. Safety's got to be better. Safeties were terrible last week. It wasn't even your corners. It was your safeties, you know? Yep, yep. People talk about the depth, and that wasn't even it. It was your starting safeties that were poor. So they've got to play well. But I think the Browns look good, and I think that uh, Baker looks good, and I think he can do it in the intermediate and short game in this and not really have to stretch the field with that arm or whatever yet and still be very productive like he was last week you know although you know he missed a lot down the field i think some of that may be you know a a little afraid to to let that thing fly with the shoulder or whatever so um who knows but uh either way i think the browns win and i've got them winning by more than 10. nice
2: nice i have 26 19 is where I'm going to go. I think there's going to be some weird field goals placed in this one. Uh, something like that, right around a touchdown game. I think it could go either way, but I think it's a touchdown game for Cleveland. Two injuries I will be closely watching. I'm pretty settled on it's going to be Blake Hance at left tackle. Uh, it's Jack Conklin. I'm I'm watching very seriously to see if he can play because if you're starting two sure. backup tackles, you start to get a little sweaty armpit action going on there. Yeah. So. We'll pay attention to Conklin. We'll pay attention to Clowney. Those are the two guys I'm unclear on whether they are playing. So we'll check that out. We'll feel it out. Pay attention to the early injury reports. We at the OBR will be uh, on at 3 o'clock for your pregame show. We'll be on after the game for the postgame show. Brad, you'll have your podcast up uh, afterwards. We'll have mine probably up by the end of the night too on the OBR film breakdown. Hopefully you guys enjoy the game. It's a late game again, so enjoy your 1 o'clock kicks. Get this podcast in. Hopefully you guys are feeling good, ready to go. Appreciate you joining me, Brad.
3: Always, Jake. It's a blast. Go Browns.
2: That's right. Go Browns, guys. Have a great Sunday, and we'll catch you next week.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?